I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? This is another edition of The Friday Show. My name is Haley Salvi, and along with Sean Gentilly, again, this is our Thursday night, Friday morning version of The Athletic Hockey Show. Second week we're doing this. What's up, wait. Sean? What's what? up, Haley? Where's your? Why do you uh, say wait? Did I do something wrong? Yeah, yeah. Wait. Where's your microphone? <laughs> you don't have a microphone this week. There's a microphone in my laptop and inside of my headphones. Stop. So if I'm coming to you and I'm sounding a little fuzzy, I'm sorry. I'm out of town right now and I forgot my microphone. And that is something I will never, ever do again. You know what? Maybe you should just take the reins. You can wear the, you know, the hat of the the first chair. You can host the show. You can talk the most because you sound the best. I don't get paid to run this. It's not my job. I don't get paid to run this either. Uh, Hate to break it to you. I don't, I don't, that's (laughs) neither here nor there. But, But you know what? This week, sound a lot more professional than you do. Then I think you should take it for the team and and host the show because you have a better microphone than I do. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Salvia (laughs) and Gentilly. It's 3.45 a.m. on the East Coast. How are we doing? Hales, Hales, what's going on? What voice is that? Where are you from? Wacky, wacky morning DJ. But like coming to you from from where? Was that like a Pennsylvania? 3.45 in the morning or whenever this drops. We, I think everybody is lucky that we didn't call an emergency podcast for Rasmus Sandin signing for whatever. Yeah, because you're not on the American show anymore, so you have to talk yeah, about the Toronto we didn't Maple Leafs. We didn't go all in on the athletic business model, which is talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs at any and all <laughs> opportunities. I don't think I don't think that's much of a secret. Um we we were talking we were talking before the show. It is such a bummer that now, since I don't have like the Americans gimmick to fall back on, that uh, sometimes I'm going to have to explicitly talk about the Toronto mm-hmm. Maple Leafs. And if I had my way, they would be like, it would be a Voldemort situation. They're like, <laughs> don't say his name. They, no, they, <laughs> they who shall not be named. 
And now it's like, <laughs> I have to at least like, I'm like, oh God, we're recording today. And the Rasmus Sandine situation has been resolved. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but that's I feel like you're just handing it up thing. for people who think that you're a Leafs homer whenever they're ranked high in the power rankings. So if anyone who reads the power rankings and you and you want to call Sean a Leafs fan or a Leafs homer, I think it's you uh, you should listen up because this man hates the Leafs. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's true either. I think, but I think like it's <laughs> yeah. Be careful. <laughs> I feel the same about every team. I like, I like yes. and dislike every team the exact same amount. I but hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it is legitimately bizarre to me. The people, it's Dom's fault, like most things are. Like most, Absolutely. Right? People he sucks. Think, <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> um, so people, I, yeah, he's a noted Leafs homer. He's open about it. Yeah. And with the power ring stuff, I'm just like, I'm stapled to him for that, right? So it's like if one of us says something in there, it just kind of gets attributed to both of us. And a little part of me dies each time I see some in the comments be like, this is just typical Homer shit from Sean Gentilly. <laughs> You're like, or, I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I don't. There's plenty of stuff you could tag me for being Homer. Cries about. in, what is it, Yinzer? Cries and Yinzer. Uh, I'm as far from being a homer for the Toronto Maple Leafs as I as, as I could be. If anything, like you said, I am uh, I'm biased against them. So the fact that I have to sit he here, he wishes they were bad. No, life the fact, would be a lot easier. The fact that I have to sit here and pretend that I care that Rasmus Sandin signed for 1.4 million dollars a year, or whatever it is, for for two years, it's like. Part of, yes. me is, part of me is dying. Right. So let's just loop people in. By by the time this posts, it'll be um, not old news, but we'll know that this happened. But yes, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs resolved the contract stalemate, we can call it, with Rasmus Sandin early on Thursday morning. I guess it was, what, about 10 a.m. Eastern? 9 a.m. Eastern? Yeah, like I said, um, the, alar- the alarm went off and... <laughs> All hands on deck situation because we've got a, to record a num- immediately. A, num- a number four defenseman for the Maple Leafs has agreed to okay, a contract that everyone. Yes, I'm, I'm upset enough. about this. Right. I don't think anyone raised any alarms. I think it was just Rasmus Sandin is signed. It's your contract an, extension I got with a the nine, Toronto Maple Leafs. Can I got I a nine. This? I got a Can nine one. What I'm saying. Nine one one text from James Myrtle. No, you didn't. Yes. Oh, yes. Really. Really? Yeah, it's That's true. That's why you it. wrote it's, it's something right. about. Right yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Your background's blurred. So is your <laughs> cell phone. Can I finish what I'm saying, please? Enough. The Toronto Maple Leafs and Rasmus Sandin agreed to a two year contract extension with a $1.4 million average annual value. Um, you know, essentially, this is the Timothy Lilligren deal. I think mm-hmm. the Leafs always believed that Sandine and Lilligren were deserving of the same two-year contract. Lilligren obviously signed that deal um, a lot sooner than Sandine did. I always thought it was strange that Sandine was holding out given he doesn't really have a ton of leverage. He doesn't have arbitration rights. He doesn't have a huge NHL sample size. It's not like he came out and was a number one defenseman last year and, and lit it up in the regular season and the postseason. I think Sandine is a fine player, um, but the kind of uh, leverage in the situation was always a bit strange. I do think some of that leverage started to shift a bit um, when, but this is again, the interesting part. 
You would think that like some of the public facing comments we've seen from Sandine's camp has been, you know, he watched Kelly Yarncroak play defense and, you know, watched his team the other day with yeah. all these injuries on the blue line. It was like, I got to come to the table. But then you signed the deal that the Leafs wanted you to sign the whole time. Is that, I mean, is it literally, <laughs> is it literally the, the Lilligren deal? Like, is there any, the QO for next season's higher? Is that it? Yeah. So the one thing, so That's the, crazy. the two deals were two years with a $1.4 million AAV. For the purpose of the qualifying offer, though, year two is a $1.6 million salary. Year one is a 1.2 mil. So I, I, I get, I'm not totally sure if that's exactly what um, Lilligren has in terms of this year two qualifying offer. And I can pull this up quite quickly. Um, but I do know for Rasmus Sandin, his QO after this contract is up when he has arbitration rights. So he will be due a $1.6 million qualifying offer after the That's second wild. year of this contract heading into an arbitration. So these are, I mean, they're functionally the same. Like there's some, maybe some tweaks around the margin. And it took months. Yeah, 1.2 base salary, 1.6 base salary in year one, year two. That's and crazy. let me pull up Timothy Lilligren really quickly. Well, you the, talk about the, the leverage. The, the, the leverage. And thing you know is, what? Sorry, sorry. I found it very quickly. Timothy Lilligren is one point four, one point four. Yeah, so it's this. So the same, they have the same, the same AAV, but you know, Rasmus Sandin is going to be owed a two hundred thousand dollar top up a, on that qualifying <laughs> offer. That's amazing. <laughs> he just, he just like didn't. Saw, their, like, their statistical went, profiles are very, very similar. And that's why the Leafs were saying like these, they get identical deals because their, their stats at this point are basically identical. Um, Rasmus Sandin had 0.32 points per game in 88 NHL games, averaging around 16 minutes. Whereas Timothy Lilligren averaged 0.32 points per game in 74 games with around 15 and a half minutes per game. So they're statistically around the same with around the same usage. Um, are, are they at the so, same, do they have the same amount of years before the same amount of Barbiers left too? Like it, 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 this is, it's just funny to me. Lilligren it, it, does, a, uh, Lilligren is also one year away from arbitration. Yes. So yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And what well, the bummer of it all is honestly that we're not going to see <laughs> Callie Yarncroak get more run at right defense or at Marner practice yeah. there today. Like they were really on the verge of, um, well, th- the Leafs, I know you don't like, you don't want to talk about a lot about the Leafs and nobody wants to feel bad for the Leafs. Um, <laughs> they have had a ton of injuries a week into training camp. It's wild. John Tavares is out with an oblique strain. Timothy Lilligren is out with an ankle and foot. Nah, Lilligren had a sports hernia. Um, Pierre Engvall is out with an ankle and foot injury. Jordy Ben, who, so basically... <laughs> It's not funny, but the basically guy, the Leafs plan, the guy that they, yeah, the guy that they brought <laughs> the guy in that to, they were hoping to help out on the blue line with the Lilligren right. injury and the Sandine contract stalemate also got hurt the other day. The, insur- the insurance um, policy got hurt. You know, that's what Kelly Arncroke ends up playing defense the other day. And Mitch Marner takes a run at defense and yeah. at the skate. Like there's a ton of guys that's true. hurting on the Leafs before the season even started. Even prospects like Frazier Minton and guys you've probably never heard of unless you're a Leafs fan are injured in Leafs training camp right now. Adam Gaudet. Adam Gaudet, who I was poking around on. You know, the, he's all into yeah. crystals and sage cleanses. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk a- to this guy because <laughs> that rocks. 
He has a full sleeve of Star Wars tattoos. Do you understand how important it is to me to find out if there's a Grogu tattoo on that sleeve? <laughs> I have an, I have and an, he's I have an idea of how important it Shoulder is. Shoulder injury. He'll be so He'll be the fine. Leafs are going through it. Uh, yeah, I mean, so are, It's part so are, of the game, but it's like, holy, this is the time of year when you want everyone to be healthy and fit. And you're trying to see who can crack the roster and who can fit where. And now the Leafs are like, uh, I guess Kelly Yarncroke is. And, uh, I think there was some Leafs fans who were, um, you know, questioning why you bring in Callie Yarncroke when you have Alex Kerfoot. And and now you're kind of like, oh, well, I guess it's a good thing we have Callie Yarncroke because he can play as a second line center, your third line center. He can play defense. He's a, he can he can be a, he can be a spare defenseman. Yeah. So that's like I think the through line for the last couple whatever first couple weeks of camp has been injuries. Like, yeah, maybe the Leafs are the highest profile because Tavares is maybe going to miss the start of the season or whatever. Like, there's there's higher profile stuff going on with the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, this is the second show that we've done. Last week was like, let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, mm-hmm. let's feel bad about Couturier and, and Ryan Who Ellis. Who is apparently and, and week to week now, doesn't actually need yeah. back surgery. Not yeah, sure. We'll I, we'll I will believe it when I see I've talked. I did talk. We talked to Charlie on me and Craig. Yeah, did you on stole t- my idea. I said Tuesday. we should have had Charlie O'Connor on the show, and then you went ahead and had Charlie O'Connor on the show. What can we say? That's Charlie, bullshit. Charlie made a choice. Um, <laughs> But the big one is Zegris. Like, I, like, we watched Trevor Zegris. I mean... Uh, out with an upper body injury, you know, whatever. Of course mm-hmm. he got it in a in the neutral zone in a in a meaningless game uh against the Arizona Coyotes. I don't like yeah. that there's been a lot look that I think people were sort of dissecting that hit when it happened on Wednesday night. Um it's a bummer to see guys get hurt in games that don't mean anything, but at the same time like you look at that play. He's going across the middle against like a spare defenseman for the Coyotes. Jan Yenick, I believe his name is, and he's like a whatever, a borderline dude, right? He's he's an AHL guy who's trying to trying to make the team. Right. And Z- he's a Z- Tucson guy. We all love Tucson guys. Yeah. And Zegers tried to nutmeg him, and the dude, you know, got his got his arm up in the, mm-hmm. in the neutral zone. It's ugly. It's a, it's like worst case scenario. I feel like for. For a uh, for for a preseason game to see a guy like that get an injury like that, yeah, I mean that's such a hit for for the Ducks who, you know, I don't think they're quite in a space where they're going to be taking the next step in the next year. Um, so at least it's not like this is the year the Ducks are going to be good and oh shoot, our yeah, best players potentially out. However, you know, this is a guy who you know was Calder finalist. You know, one of the bright young stars in the game. People love watching Trevor Segrist play and you you hope that it's not a long-term thing. Again, we don't want to be um, you know, get too ahead of ourselves because as of right now, um this was from the Anaheim Ducks. Um and their coach, Dallas Eakins. Um Zegers left last night's game with an upper body injury last night meaning Wednesday night. We're coming to you on Thursday evening here. Um, we're sending him for a more in-depth look and hopefully we will have those results by the morning. So we are in a yeah. holding pattern on that. So right now, Trevor Zegers is still, his status is up in the air, but by the time this podcast is, is posted, perhaps, um, early Friday morning, there should be a bit more information That's on, on his status, but 
goodness, I, I mean, he didn't. Yeah, skate it's rough. It's it's just it's just it's a rem- it's a reminder that not much good can go. <laughs> not much can go. Uh, not much good can happen in the preseason. Like it's oh, just, this is the interesting just, thing for me, though. Sorry to cut you off because as you're saying this, it's there's so much that can go wrong if you play in the preseason, but look at the NFL and how much goes wrong on week one for teams who don't play their guys in the preseason. Yeah, like there's gotta true. be a middle ground of, cause like, I mean, the Denver Broncos are probably a bad example because they're probably just bad, but like, I don't think Russell Wilson played a lot in the preseason and he was terrible week one. I mean, he yeah. might just be bad, but <laughs> I think a- you can see in the NFL, like a lot of um, the Bengals, they didn't look very good week one. They made a ton of mistakes. They don't play a lot of their guys in the preseason. Russell um, so Wilson's, Russell Wilson's, pro- Russell Wilson's <laughs> problem is he's a washed up dork. <laughs> That's, I'm, di- I'm diagnosing. Right now. What was the such. one? There was the one thing that people said about Baker Mayfield, that Baker, Baker Mayfield is less athletic, Russell Wilson. But now that uh-huh. Russell Wilson doesn't look as athletic anymore, he's just like old, bad Baker he's Mayfield. He's old, bad Baker Mayfield. <laughs> old, worse Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, who would you rather have as your quarterback right now? Right now, Baker Mayfield or Russell Wilson? This has been an episode of the Athletic NFL Show. The, the <laughs> Athletic Football Show, excuse me. Gotta I'll call, co-host. Gotta I'll go on there and talk about back how to Joe the- Burrow's never done anything wrong. I'm, you know, I'm actually <laughs> never, not going to say that. Never, Never once in his life. Never. Uh, He's the, perfection. The the wild thing about the Zegris hit, because like again, we have nothing better to do than like overanalyze this stuff. Hell yeah! You know what I actually want to talk about is why the Calgary Flames top line needs to work on their chemistry. <sighs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's week one. What are you doing, Zegris? It happened against the Coyotes. You remember who who got madder at Trevor Zegris last year than anybody did? It's the Arizona Coyotes. Is that a word? Matter. Angrier, <laughs> more mad, more angrier, saltier. Whatever they filled their they filled their diapers farther than Ew. over Ew. over Trevor over Trevor Zegers than than any other than any other team did. And then you have a guy who's like on the borderline with that roster. Like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? What's going I think on there. I just I just the I, interesting I thing with that though is like what is he supposed to do? I know Nothing. you can watch that clip back, and people who've listened to week one of this show know that you know I'm a huge Trevor Zegers fan. But if like the elbow, it looked like he maybe lifts the elbow a little bit, which is bad. But I think he makes a lot of contact right to the body, and it's like, what do you want Yan Yannick to do? Do you want him yeah. to just move to the side and let Trevor Zegers? Not Megum and, and score yeah. goal in the preseason. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's he's an AHL guy who's fighting for a job. Like I don't think I don't think my initial can... reaction when I see that hit is like this is so unnecessary. You don't need to obliterate the guy in the preseason, but at the same time, the position that they're in in that moment in the like you know what's he supposed to do? Just get out of the way. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> again, we're, like, we're stuck. I, I hope that Trevor Zegers isn't hurt. I hope it's not a long term thing um, because I think it's you know. I want to watch him on opening night, you know, two weeks I, from I, now. I just want to get, I just want to get to actual, like stuff that matters, legitimate hockey <laughs> games. Because like I don't know how much longer I can do this. What preseason <sighs> previews? It's, it's brutal. Like I have. How's been- it going? Also, okay, wait. We should say, um, Sean did initially want to tell you guys the secret of who was coming out next, but then in the post production. Of yeah. the week one, it was very our 
wonderful producer was like, should I bleep those out? <laughs> like that's way That's way Do funnier. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see if we share any secrets yeah, in I segment mean- three. Um, but that was hilarious. Speaking of previews, um, you know, one thing that's happening with the athletic hockey show and all of the shows that are running throughout the week um, is we're trying to look at the top 10 storylines across the league through every show. So on Tuesday, I think Sean and Craig, you guys had Charlie on to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. I believe you touched on the Capitals. No, we are going to touch. We just talked about the Flyers. There's a secret. Okay. So on Tuesday last week, they talked about this week. Jesus Christ. I'm all confused. Anyways. There's been different storylines discussed throughout the week. If you listen to the shows, Tuesday was Philadelphia. This week, we are going to be joined by Peter Baugh um, into the next segment of the show to talk about one of the key storylines the season, which is can the Colorado Avalanche repeat? Um, so that's going to be coming up once we're done chatting here when, when Peter joins us. Peter yep. Baugh is very famous now. He wrote a book, so we'll uh-huh. see if he big leagues us. You know, Peter, you know what Peter's going to say? Whenever we ask him if it's possible that the abs repeat. I think so. He's going to say no. They can't. Why? It's impossible. It can't be done. We'll see about that. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we bring little sweet Peter in? I think we should I yep, think we should throw hat. him under the bus for what he did at the draft. I already I've already talked about this on the podcast before. Oh. Dirty Shirley's. Yeah, have you talked about the Dirty Shirley's? Yeah, Peter's Peter's favorite drink is a uh, is a Shirley Temple. Shirley that has, Temple. That has, that has vodka in it. It's just, I think once you listen to Peter, this next segment, it'll all, I think it'll, it'll all make sense. It'll all make sense. You'll you'll hear it and you'll maybe see a clip and be like, yeah, he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's bring in uh, Peter Baugh. I think he's standing by. So we're going to bring Peter Baugh in next with the uh, Friday show, The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, it's so nice to be joined by Peter Baugh, Colorado Avalanche beat writer. He's in the process of moving. Very barren, very barren apartment behind him. Also, the uh, the <laughs> foremost so the mean. foremost dirty Shirley fan that I've ever met in my life. I'd actually never heard somebody order those before. Pete, why don't you tell me about what motivated you to start ordering those in bars across <laughs> this great comedy um, bars? I actually think Samantha Pell, the capital mm-hmm. writer for the Washington post she was in denver for the cup and she mentioned dirty shirley's and i was like wow that sounds lovely um and they've kind of become a staple of my uh, going out diet uh since also to clarify i'm not moving i'm still going to be covering the ads i'm just moving within oh, yeah. denver 
I guess yeah. we, we should. Yeah, you we know should, what? Actually, Peter that. hates Denver and he's leaving immediately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he no, said, you know what? I think they might go to the cup final again and I can't do this shit. So <laughs> yeah, I, I need a shorter summer. I, uh, <laughs> I, um, no, plenty of good, good, dirty Shirley spots in Denver. So we're staying, we, we're still good here. It's amazing. I think my favorite part, um, you know, to, to really set the scene for everyone. We're in Montreal. We're at the draft. We're at an Irish pub. I forget what it was called. The server, very rude. I <laughs> she did was, not. She, she yelled at day. me. She yes, yelled she at me for no reason, I recall, because I got up to say hello to somebody who was sitting at a different table and I got there's scolded a, by the server a because she thought that I was going to order from the bar. And I was like, mm, no, I was just going to say hello to like Frank Saravalli, who was sitting across the room and I got yelled at by the server. Anyways, I recall Peter being like, do you have dirty Shirley's? She was like, what? <laughs> He's like, you know, like a Shirley temple that's like spiked. She's like, yeah. mm. she what? made it happen. To her credit, she, she made it happen. She did make it happen, but she was very like taken aback by the request. Yeah. She's like, do you know where you are right now? This is an Irish pub. We have beer on tap. Hey, I'm Irish. I'm Irish. <laughs> I, and Irish people are allowed to like dirty Shirley's. Yeah. The only other time I'd been to that very specific place so i'm celiac people i think who've listened enough know this and i remember i ordered i was like the last time i went to this place when i was in montreal i said can i just get whatever your house red is like a glass of your house red and i was brought an amber ale i love that <laughs> that 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 actually is a great like irish pub like that's incredible and i was like oh i'm so sorry like i'll keep this like someone else will drink it but like do you have like red wine she's like why wouldn't you say wine i'm like i Sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I thought a glass of house red was uh, a universal, but anyways, yeah. I I'm won't be sure. going back there. I'm glad you got what you wanted though, Peter. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> sure if this will make it into the podcast or if it'll be cut out, but my friend has a great story. He was in Ireland <laughs> and he asked, he was at this pub and like he'd gotten a drink, but he was he needed some water and he was like, Can I can I get a glass of water too? And they're like, Yeah, there's a fucking river out back. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of awesome. Perfect. (laughs) I think that makes the cut. That's great. Yeah. We can bleep it out. We've we've already bleeped out things before. Peter, you wrote a book. Yes. What I didn't I didn't realize this was coming. (laughs) What it sell your book? Maybe yeah. Maybe we can maybe we can goose up your sales. What's the deal with this? Well, thank you for yeah. Thank you for giving me me the platform. But it's um, (laughs) it's kind of a book that I'm hoping will appeal the to more than just avalanche fans. It's obviously very avalanche focused, but it's kind of a book about how they built this team and kind of the roster construction and and different players' backstories and pretty much how they all kind of converged on this team and ultimately won a Stanley Cup. So there's some really interesting uh, stories that people told me just about kind of like inside the, the team and even things like kind of the process of scouting Kale McCarr in junior mm-hmm. A hockey when he was playing in Brooks, Alberta. Um, different things from that to, I don't know, like Landis Guy's contract extensions this past off season. I, I think great. we kind of delve into a lot of different topics there. And I'm, I'm really grateful to all the players who, who kind of talked to me throughout the process and gave me some, some good insights. So it was, it was definitely, a. I I don't know if if the avs repeat. I do not think that this uh, book writing process will will repeat. I might need more than more than an off season <laughs> to write yeah. another book. Um, I might have been a bit ambitious, but it was it was really fun, <laughs> and um, 
yeah, I'm excited about it. That's so great. When does it come out, Peter? So it should be out by the holidays. I think the tentative plan is late November. Okay, awesome. Well, congratulations. I think I sent you you a text about it. You did, yes. Okay, got to check myself. I just waited. I just waited to do it on a on a on a podcast. On a podcast. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm doing I'm a doing very this, performative doing content. Congratulations. Exactly. This, is, this, is, this is totally funny. I'm just, Sean I, I doesn't just actually <laughs> care. Nope. Just um, continue to have inferiority complex about not writing a book. Comes up with me and Craig all the time because he's written a book <laughs> and I haven't. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. It's well, funny. Sean, you totally cool wrote thing. the intro for the book <laughs> that, that Peter great. actually wrote the whole I, thing okay. for. Wait, it, I have it right in front of me. They should zoom in on the face. Okay, so this. We have Carry Me Home from Aww. The Athletic, which we've they put out, which is great. It's like a very cool idea. And the table of contents is hilarious. I don't know if anyone's looked at this. So it goes, <laughs> this is very visual for everyone. If anyone sees this on the YouTube, <laughs> there's introduction by Sean Gentilly. And then the rest is by Peter Bob, Peter Bob, Peter Bob, Peter Bob, <laughs> Peter Bob. Like the whole book is Peter Bob, but Sean wrote the intro. I it was a good was- intro. It was a good intro. Yeah, there was very. I didn't read it. Okay, it, it's there were very specific <laughs> instructions given to me about what to validate on that on that intro. Whatever, that's that's fine. They sh- they should just let you write that too. Just giving you hundred nah. percent of it. I I um, remember like they said during the cup, they're like, "Oh yeah, Sean's gonna write the intro." I was like, "That is fine." I was so I was like, like scrambled, so it's like that works for me. Yeah, yeah. You no, you were you weren't. You weren't I'm a little now. tired. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So are these are they? Where are we in camp now? How, how long have you been there? A week? It's like a week. Um, Weeks is camp know. open. Time doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it ceased to matter. It's a construct. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it's, right. It's what a, are we even? Yeah. It's time, a very philosophical is, pod. Here. Time is. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit anxious all of a sudden. The work day. <laughs> the, work, the work day is a capitalist construct as is time overall. That is true. Pete, um, so, repeat. I think something fun about always or interesting about checking teams out after they win a cup is like getting a vibe for whether they've managed to like flip the calendar, like really actually turn it over and mentally, physically, whatever, start to come to terms with the fact that uh, they just get to come out here and try to do that again. Is that the vibe that you've gotten from from Colorado, or is it still? You know, is there is there a hangover sense or are these dudes sincerely ready to roll? I think they're they're pretty ready to roll. It's t- I mean, the, the cup run definitely has impacted how they've approached this training camp just in terms of tactical ways. Like, I think a lot of the players who played heavy minutes in the cup run haven't appeared in a preseason game mm-hmm. and probably won't until the last two. Nathan McKinnon, Kel McCarthy, they're probably only going to play two preseason games. Um, the final two. Um, I think you see obviously very like, Things like Gabe Landeskog is still out with a lower body injury that's that's undisclosed. But I mean, we we saw in the he he had knee surgery back in mm-hmm. in March and then was at points in the playoffs grabbing his knee <laughs> at different like you can put two and two together kind of. I don't know for sure that that's what the injury is, but it certainly seems like it's a something a lingering effect from the long cup run. You have Darren mm-hmm. Helm missing time time with with an injury that he had dating back to last year. Valerian Nechushkin is just getting back to to speed after playing game six of the Stanley cup with a broken foot and different things like that. Like, mm-hmm. so you, you kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily a championship hangover in terms of mentality, but just in terms of availability and kind of where people are at with things. Uh, 
not everyone is, is going to be ready to go at the start of the season. But from what I've seen, um, Nathan McKinnon still is very good at hockey. Um, (laughs) at least that is what my eyes tell me at, at training camp and Bowen Byram and Kelman Carr and Devon Taves and Samuel Gerrard. And they're all going to be good defensemen this year. Like it's, it still is the same team. And I think there is still that hunger to, to do it again. Um, yeah, I would not expect them to regress. I mean, maybe they're, they're, they don't have as much depth as last year, but they're not going to regress to the point where they're not a cup contender this year. And it seems like they have enough where, you know, look, I don't even want to use tread water in the sense like this isn't the Boston Bruins who has like, you know, five really important players out until, you know, yeah. November, December. Right. But it seems like with some of the guys who still are nursing things like the abs are going to be okay to tread water enough that, I mean, they, they went through McKinnon being out for the beginning of the season and all those injuries last year. Like, I think this is a team with a core that is used to being able to like, let's just get through the stretch and we're going to be okay. That's not a new thing for them. Right. Yeah. They started four five and one last year. I had people in my Twitter mentions saying that this is not a playoff team. (laughs) Let's calm down a little bit. Let's let's, Mm -hmm. let's relax. Um, So yeah, I don't think they're going to like, flinch too much if they get off to like a 500 start through the first 10 or even 20 games. Like it's, it's a mature bunch and and they kind of know how to go about their business. Mm-hmm. I'm one player. And also they have really good players. Yeah. Well, one of those players that I'm really curious about, and I think, um, you know, in all of my free agent boards and what the flame should be doing list, like Evan Rodriguez has been on that list for a while. He's a super intriguing player and I'm really Interested to see what he's going to do in Colorado. I saw um, they're down to one group at camp already, which is actually quite interesting that they made enough cuts yeah. to be down to, to one group. But it looks like he was second line left wing today. And again, that could shift. But like, what kind of role do you see Evan Rodriguez playing in Colorado? Yeah, I think definitely a middle six role, but he's he's kind of a nice player to where he can he can kind of, if you need him to play second line center, he can do that. Right now with Landis Gog out, they're giving and Newhook having the first go at second line center. He's been mm-hmm. on the wing more, um, but he looked great in his, his preseason debut. He was really willing to fire shots on net um, and, and just kind of let it rip. And I think um, he's someone that knows how to play with skilled players. Um, he played with Crosby on the same line in Pittsburgh at points. And, and I think that there was a, a practice earlier this, this, uh, camp where Mika Rantanen took a maintenance day and, and Rodriguez was on the top line with McKinnon and Lackanen. So mm-hmm. he's someone that I think they can trust defensively. And when he's scoring, a, when he's when he's on his game offensively, he can score at a really high rate, which Pittsburgh fans saw the first half mm-hmm. of last year. He he tapered off a little bit towards the end, but but he's someone who has offensive ability and at the very least is going to be worth the $2 million the Avs are paying him. The Avs are a team who can absolutely like squeeze out that kind of yeah. offensive juice from, from players. We've seen that for sure. Yeah, and McKinnon had a good, McKinnon had an interesting point where he talked about, um, he was like, we're at a point as a team where guys want to bet on themselves with us. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting. And you saw that, with, you see that with like Tampa the last few years, like guys, will sign a one or two year deal there um, to try and either boost their value or cup chase or, or do whatever they want. So I, I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah. It's funny that that's where the abs are in their lifespan as a franchise at this point. Like you're like, all right, I need to rehab my value a little bit or, or whatever, get goose it up. And yeah, cause that you mentioned Nevin Rodriguez in Pittsburgh, the Penguins were that team for, 
for yeah. years, right? Where, where, where guys were just signing one, one year deals and just hoping to, hoping to get their, their numbers up to a point where they would, uh, end up getting more. Um, so the off season just overall, not just the Evan Rodriguez signing. Um, I feel like the abs kind of couldn't have done better than they did. <laughs> like all things considered with the, the McCarr extension and bringing back Nachushkin. I, yes, of course they lose Kadri, but I think people were, I would imagine we're generally resigned to, to that happening. Is that the vibe you get from them? Like, is there, is there like palpable, you know, happiness or, or, or satisfaction with the way the off season went? Cause it seemed like they were, they were going to like, like they were going to maybe get picked over a little bit more than they were. Yeah. They were bringing back a lot of guys. I think they did kind of pretty early on. It was clear. They picked the guys they wanted to bring back. They weren't going to be able to bring back Kadri. There was a brief stretch where it took him so long to sign. And kind of if you were putting the pieces together, it was kind of like, has he not gotten the offers he's wanted? Is it yeah. possible that he just, he wanted to stay in Colorado. Like he was very open of like, I want to be back here. I love it here. Um, mm-hmm. They wanted him back financially. It was going to be really, really difficult yeah. to make that work. And it ultimately didn't work. And I, I think people were not surprised by that. So mm-hmm. I think that was like a disappointment, but an expected disappointment around Avalanche fans. Um, I think it was, yeah, I think it was a solid off season, but it was mostly just kind of standing pat and then kind of bolstering um, when they could, and they bringing in someone like Evan Rodriguez and, and they're going to, I mean, they have a little cap space left, which they can accrue and then, and use at the deadline, which I think is, is probably ultimately their plan. This team isn't a finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to look at, is this team right now? better than the avalanche were going into the regular season last year. And I think you can make the case that they are, or at least are on par. Um, so, so I think it was a solid off season and they're going to continue to try and make moves um, up until the trade deadline. Is there like a one what? for one? Is there like a one for one trade for, for Kadri? Like, like who is going to take over his minutes? Who's going to take over his role? Is it, is it, is it, is it new hook? Like I, who, who is the confer? Like who's the, yeah. who's the swap? I think Newhook will get the first shot. I yeah. mean, this is a guy who he was a first round pick in 2019. He's he's shown offensive flashes. He's been pretty good. Um, and now it's kind of a time to see if he's ready for that next step. And if he's not, then they'll probably move someone else to second line center or they'll try and replace or they'll try and, and sign him or trade for someone mm-hmm. else. Newhook's obviously a part of the team's long term plans. Um, it's just, it's a lot to ask a 21 year old to be the number two center on a cup contending team. Um, so uh, he's going to get a crack at it. And depending on how he does, he might fill a lot of Kadri's minutes, um, or they'll, they'll continue to assess their options. What about the goaltending position, Peter? I know, you know, they let Darcy Kemper walk in free agency traded for Alexander Georgiev, um, and then right away signed him to that three-year contract. Um, he's didn't have a great year last year and i'm not sure he's been a number one guy before so is that kind of that one big question mark in terms of the abs the season is is their goaltending going to be good enough yeah i mean for me it's a, a really big question i think that um it's kind of an interesting dilemma because i think what the abs maybe saw last year was and to no fault of Darcy Kemper's, he, he had a stick stuck in his eye. Or mm-hmm. Well, not in his eye, but it like he could barely <laughs> see. Like he, he wasn't I great mean, at God. points last year. So yeah, he was. He he had an awesome regular season, and then in the playoffs, he was good the first two games against Nashville. Then the stick incident happened, and he wasn't right until 
game four of the cup or mm-hmm. I mean, he had a shot, he had a shutout in game two, but that's allowed like 15 shots. Um, but the, <laughs> he, so he's, he's a guy that, or so I think the abs probably saw, okay, last year we won the Stanley cup with average to at points below average goaltending. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we can just get that out of Alexander Georgiev and not spend $2 million more a year on Kemper, um, right. who's, who's both older and uh, he signed for five something in Washington, which yeah. Yeah, earned that. but I think they saw this as a place to save some cap space and they're relying on their defensive structure um, to, to make life easier on Georgiev because Georgiev wasn't very good last year. He also was playing for the Rangers who defensively allowed a lot of chances. Igor mm-hmm. Shesterkin saved a lot of those high danger chances. Um, but Georgiev uh, isn't a Shesterkin level goalie, but he could be good enough to, to get this team to where they want to go. And mm-hmm. they have Pablo Francois who won them the Western conference finals when Kemper was out. Yeah, it's a good point. I think it's interesting, you know, if there's a team that's going to bank on their defensive structure and the personnel that they have on the back end to ensure that their mediocre goaltending is going to be okay. I'm not sure how many other teams you would want to bank on in that case than Colorado slash Kale McCarr. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you look at like, I mean, Philip Grubauer came to Colorado and had Uh, great numbers. You look at Kemper. uh, And he was Everything went going great for him. By I the way. think There's he, bu- I no think he like him. made Dom like short circuit. Like <laughs> Dom was like broken last year. He's a broken man because yeah. of Philip Grubauer. Financial, yeah. fi- the financial hits were were, <laughs> were were coming fast and furious. I I like Grubauer. I think he's he's better than he showed last yeah. year. But he, he can't be uh, yeah. can't be worse. I mean, yeah, he God. really he really really struggled. Um, so you look at like kind of the abs have had goalies that they've brought in. Grubauer is kind of a similar point in his career as Georgiev, where he hadn't really been a consistent starter. They bring him in and then he's a, obviously none of those ass teams got over the hump, but he was a mm-hmm. the starting goalie on some really good teams. I think it's um, like, I'm just looking at the abs payroll. And I, I think, you know, I don't think giving Darcy Kemper, you know, $5 million would be, prohibitive in signing Nathan McKinnon to the contract that he just signed. But like when you're talking about guys who are making 9 million and 12 million, et cetera, dollars, like saving $2 million in terms of the goaltending position, that, that stuff matters. That counts, especially yeah, I mean, when yeah. you're trying to continue to build a Stanley cup contender. Don't, don't look at me like I'm a psycho or captain obvious here, Sean. You're I'm like, not. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 ag- I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing. Idiot. Like if you no, you save, you save Peter's 2 like, million. Oh my God, they're fighting. <laughs> you save 2 million, $2 million on, on how I'm bringing in Yorgiev, And that's probably the difference between letting, the know, letting the right rock now or, for 12 point, whatever. It's the difference of having Evan Rodriguez and not mm-hmm. having Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. Good point. I'll take yeah. that. Smart Peter. <laughs> I try. I think I think the overarching question too here, and that we kind of teased at the beginning, but we haven't actually asked yet, and it's one of the the top ten storylines in the league that we're previewing on the Athletic Hockey Show. Can the Colorado Avalanche repeat as Stanley Cup champions? Uh, do you want me to answer that? that? Yes. Okay. All right. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. You don't want to shut up. <laughs> no, um, the answer is. Yes, they, they certainly can. I don't know if they will, uh, but this is a team that should be up there with the favorites in the league. They still have a ton of talent. 
they're, I would imagine, going to make moves at the deadline to kind of bolster their roster. Is it as good a team as last year? I, it's going to be hard to be. I mean, last year they were 16 and four in the playoffs and, and tied the record for most wins regular and postseason combined ever. So mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to match that. But also, like, there's probably some margin for error. If you go 16 and four in the playoffs, you can probably afford to get a little bit worse and still be a contender. <laughs> so it's. Ooh, Peter. They're, they're, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I, they're, right. They're, they're definitely not as, as deep as last year, but I think they, they've still, they've earned the right to be a contender, especially now that they've gotten over the hump and have, have actually won. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Nathan McKinnon story? Ooh, um, I wrote about, <laughs> I wrote about this in, um, well, uh, when he complimented my hat, that's my favorite. Okay, there can we you go. walk us through this? I feel like we're going to need to get like the social team to splice this in here. Because um, <laughs> sure. I feel like I saw the the thing on Twitter and I was like, I need the video of this immediately. Yeah. Well, so what happened was I was in, in Nashville. Um, oh, playoffs. I know about the hat. Yeah. Oh, oh continue. wait. You're, you're, no, you're, continue. No, please tell <laughs> us everything. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, I'm getting a cowboy hat. So I got a cowboy hat. Um, and then some of the like abs, like people around the team were like, oh, you should wear it to the game. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I finally did. And then they were kind of like, when the abs won, it was like, they won the series. They're like, just wear it to the press conference. And I was like, eh, all right, why not? Was this and like then, team uh, stuff? Well, it was, no, it was like the like abs.com writer and like, okay, and also okay. some of the like, other writers, it... some of the other writers. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was Chris McFarlane being was like, Joe Sackick telling you to wear Joe that way? was like, I need to see this hat here. <laughs> um, no, I, but so I, I wore it to the press conference and, and then I asked Nate a question and his answer was like, or I asked him like what the turning point in the game was. And he was like, it was when we started thinking about your hat, Peter, um, which was, <laughs> was very funny. Um, but my actual, I think, favorite Nathan McKinnon story, um, there are a few, but one I really love is he um, he went to Shattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, and he and the goalie in his year, Danny Tyrone was his name, became really, really good buddies. Um, they did a lot. They worked out together. They were very focused on fitness, on on eating healthy. They 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 refused to eat desserts on their birthdays. The like dorm mom made them yogurt parfaits because they didn't want cake, all that stuff. Um, but they also had, um, they, they went and made, they were going to have a knee hockey tournament and they went and, and got the, the dorm mom who was super nice woman. Her name's Jody. <laughs> um, she took them to, to Walmart and they like bought like all the, they pretty much all these arts and crafts supplies and they make this giant trophy for the, the Breck dorm knee hockey tournament. And <laughs> okay. this is Nathan McKinnon and also the starting goalie. So they're like, we're going to win. And we're going to, they glued a Stanley cup to the top, like a little <laughs> mini. And they were like, so certain they were going to win. And then they get, they get beat. Um, and I, I got the sense. It was like, it wasn't in the final, even. like that was kind of early on and just were livid, like, like had to be like separated like Nathan had to be sent away to calm down. Danny had to be sent away to calm down. They were just so angry at themselves. They were so sure that they were going to win, win this, this trophy that they made. Um, <laughs> but alas, they, they did not. They, what, they came up. Short. What did they do to the trophy? The other, I think, uh, I think actually the dorm mom still has it, but the, the winning team got it. Uh, and oh, team okay. Won. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They just needed, what needed to happen was they, you know, needed to lose the dorm hockey tournament a, 
early a couple years in a row and that helped them <laughs> that helped push them over the hump when they finally they finally beat the defending dorm hockey or uh, the, the, the defending knee hockey yeah. champion clearly well, that's how well i think what people don't realize is that when nathan mckinnon said i haven't won shit he was thinking yeah. not about losing to Vegas. <laughs> he was thinking back to the the Breck door. Me hockey. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there was. I I had a lot of good Shattuck story. I did an article a couple of years ago about his time at Shattuck, and it was so funny. Some of the hearing about younger younger Nathan McKinnon. That's awesome. I feel like Sean talked a lot about him at the the player um, and he media was, tour. He was great. He was on, he was on tilt in Vegas. It was, he's, it was, he's been in a great mood. He's been yeah. tired of reporters every day. He's, yeah. He's, he's awesome. not sick of us yet. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's early though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks Pete. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. I feel like that's, that's all we had for you, Peter. I, oh. I'm really glad we talked about your hat. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for giving <laughs> it the opportunity to shine. It met the Stanley cup over the summer. Uh, really? I, I think did you, I did you wear it to like Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia? No, like, Nathan, I wore it to Nathan, the, I I wore the, to the media party. And uh oh, okay. Yeah. It, it got to meet the meet the cup there. She put the she put it like in the bowl. Yeah, I, I like, can send I, you. I feel picture. like that's yeah, let me see. Can you actually see that. please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's I, I I think that's on the right side of like ethical behavior from yeah. the media yeah. with, with the stealing cup. It's you're funny. Allowed, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, it was yeah. the cup. It was it was the media cup party before anyone had won. It was it was just some yeah good time. I yeah. had a dirty Shirley that night too. Hell yeah! Full circle. <laughs> Amazing. <meeting>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank good you so much. Good luck this season, Peter. man. We'll talk to you. Yeah. Soon. Thank you for having me. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. It's always great to have Peter Baugh on the show, in your life, on the phone. He's great. I'm a, I'm a huge Peter fan. He covered Mizzou football before he moved over to the NHL group. And I remember when he first joined, um, I had just moved to Calgary. He just moved to Denver. And, and you know, we would, we would have little phone calls and chat about, you know, life and and him being new in a new city and and being new to hockey he's great so i'm just so happy to see everything that peter's done since to the rock moving to the rocky mountains yeah both of of us bonded by the american canadian rocky snow but like you know just a couple years ago him you know calling and and asking questions about being new on the beat and, and things to do in the nhl vertical and all this and he's just i mean he doesn't need my help with anything anymore he's just great Oh, um, did, you write, so did, you write, did you write a book? Absolutely not. Exactly. I'm going to ask him for tips on how to do my job. That's soon. right. But he was great. That was always good insight. I think, I don't know if there's anyone who's, um, you know, better to talk about the Colorado Avalanche right now than, than Peter Baugh. He's awesome. He's really ingrained himself in with, with that team and in a good way. So that was a good chat. Do you think the Avs can repeat? Yeah, of course. They're really, they're really good. I mean, I'd be worried about Yorgiev if I were if I were them, but yeah, I think Pete's kind of he sort of I think he we're on the verge of uh, he sort of like he alluded to this that 
Georgiev looked worse last year, I think, almost, by comparison to Shesterkin. Because what mm-hmm. Shesterkin d- did for the, Ra- for the Rangers last season was just next level. Yeah, everything weird- looks... Yeah, next level. Like a downgrade. Yeah, it was next level weirdo shit from him, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, and that was a bad five-on-five team for huge chunks of the season. Really, Yeah, they turned the tra- it around near the playoffs. Well, because they added a bunch of good, they added Andrew Cop, and they added, yeah. you know, a bunch of Frank Vetrano help. They added play drivers at five on five, which is what they didn't have. So Yor- Yorgiev, you know. Where did Cop sign this summer? I'm having a brain fart. Detroit. Detroit. Right, 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 right. He's a great player. I, I, the Red Wings are like, I know, I'm, I feel like I've just brought this up constantly, like in the, in the first two shows. But the Red Wings are a team, like, as I've been working my way through these previews, because, again, this is just, like, dominating. They're interesting. Every, There's a time every moment of my Every moment of my waking life. And when you write these things, like, by the end of it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the Predators or, you know, the Flyers or the Stars. I, I'm sincerely fascinated in what's going on in Detroit this season because of because Eisenman sure. clearly had Eisenman clearly had enough, right? He was like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm done, I'm done sucking. Well, it was and, the right timing too, though, right? Like, there, it's one thing to say I'm done sucking; it's another to have, you know, some of the right puzzle pieces in place to be able to say, let's do something about totally. This. I, th- there was no point in tanking anymore because they were they were too good. They were too good to tank. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to tank if you have Moritz Cider. And yeah. A legitimate first line with like, you know, Larkin and, and Bertuzzi and For sure. And Lucas and Lucas Raymond, who by the way, Lucas Raymond, I have finally like internalized the fact that his first name is Lucas That's and, actually not, and, his not, name. and not Mason. Mm-hmm. I called him I used to I called him Mason Raymond. Yeah, that's terrible. Dozens that, of That's times. worse than you always called Brandon Tanov Chris Tanov, didn't you? And that doesn't even make any sense. Because you yeah. covered the Brandon, not the Chris. Well, I mean, but Chris Tanev was it's been was in the league for seven years before Brandon made it. So it's like sure. well, I I only have room for one dude with 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 a given last name. I've been around but, Leafs. I was around Leafs camp, uh, and I was talking to Chris Cuthbert, who um, is one of the play by play people with Sportsnet. He's awesome. I'm a huge fan of CC, and we were talking about some of the debt players in Toronto and what might happen at the bottom of the lineup, blah, 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 top of the lineup. And I, and I just, I couldn't stop calling Nick Robertson, Jason Robertson. Mm-hmm. And he kept correcting me and he was just like, I'm probably going to go on air tomorrow and call him Jason Robertson yeah. now. He's like, stop <laughs> talking like, to me. You've planted the, <laughs> you've planted the seed. And it was, I was with the flames. I watched Jason Robertson in the, in the first round of the playoffs. I talked to him. He's awesome. And I'm like, I can't. My brain can't understand that there are two people who are their own humans <laughs> on different hockey teams. Jason, anyways, Jason Robertson still unsigned by the Dallas yeah. Stars, possible bridge deal candidate, seven and a half million dollars. Like this is like the way my brain is working at this point. Because how was he not signed yet? That's crazy. I don't know. Like I can just feel myself becoming not enough money. Got to save that for the depth players. I can just yeah. feel myself becoming like a less well-rounded person already like that's just the <laughs> mode we're in with all this preseason shit like i haven't paid attention to barely paid attention to the news certainly haven't paid attention to anything you know tv or movie or music related for the last mm-hmm. for the last for the last couple of weeks because yes. i've had because i've had to sit there and figure out 
you know, whether Philip Tomasino is going to score 20 goals this season for the, for the press. Yeah. If anyone didn't know, Sean's doing the season previews and he'll talk about how they're taking over his life. Any chance he gets. It's that. And then all these, uh, and then all, all these, all these uh, podcasts that I have to record with people who watch it. Tolerate. I would say Craig Healy, Ryan Lambert, just a bunch of people who's, you know, right. Can vaguely kind of deal with. Has anything happened in the last few days that I should know about? Are there internet things I should have paid attention to? Yeah. I feel like Ryan helped you with that. And I'm not the right person to help with this either because I don't pay attention either. So the one thing that I did see that neither of us knew existed, but started looking at before our hockey show was this mm-hmm. top 100 greatest TV shows yeah, of all bring, time. I think that brings us to our secret for this segment is that Haley Salvian is wearing a Bobby Bacala <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> so remember how we said last week that we had the third segment, if you make it this far, you have a secret. Well, yeah, this is your secret. Uh, this was the best $30 I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> Haley's, Haley's Bobby Bacala. My favorite. So if you want to know something about me, this isn't even really a secret. I love Bobby Bacala. Why? I just think he's a sweet man. Um, You know, my, my dad is a huge Sopranos fan. Like we have all the DVD box sets, you know, when you used to do that, when, you know, (laughs) it, it wasn't on Netflix. So you would buy the DVDs and watch them all. So there's, I have all the Sopranos DVD box sets in my house whenever I go home and I grew up watching the Sopranos and, but I watched it in bits and pieces. So I was like, I knew all these different things that happened. And I knew somebody once told me that I looked like Meadow Soprano also. And I was just like, Oh God, Accurate. which was great Wait. because the Sopranos is great, but Meadow also kind just of sucks. Just hold on. Like, you're going <laughs> to don't spoil anything for people. I'm who, not. Who I'm haven't. just saying there were certain things that happened that I knew about. And there was one thing that I, is this no, really a no, 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 no. Yeah, like you're not. Okay, that's whatever. It. Don't don't bring that up. He's just po- the best. Okay, <laughs> just watch the show. He's the best. Steve Sharippa blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> the guy that played Bobby Buck. <laughs> I caught that. I caught that block from the man himself. Uh, Were you I, also blocked by Bobby Flay for a while? <laughs> yeah, I probably Bobby Flay probably could have called the cops on me if he wanted to. Honestly, at one point, we'll just we'll just leave it. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Sopranos number one show of all time, according to Rolling Stone. That's the yes, only thing anyways, that's, that's, that's the, the only that's the only this thing that's happened. The segue in the into last... the secret is that I'm wearing a Bobby Bacala shirt, and the Sopranos were named the top. It cost show. yeah, it cost eighty nine ninety nine on on Etsy. Eighty nine. This was thirty bucks with delivery and taxes included. Thirty, 30 bucks. 30, 30 bucks well spent. You want to Let's get to the let's get to the user the user comments and get the hell out of here. Why I'm did tired. you even bring this up? I mean, we're, how long are we supposed to talk? I I have a podcast where I talk about The Sopranos for three hours on end. Like, I don't I don't need another one. Whatever. Okay, fine. Let's get to the comments. <laughs> we got a lot of them. Some uh, of them did. are a little bit strange. We can just we can just skate past those. <laughs> one of the questions here um, from Ariel R was mm. praising me for giving you a hard time. Because you're, you get away with too much, and that's mm-hmm. not okay. 
And I'm not like Craig. I'm not going to allow you to. <laughs> is that, is that what Ariel? Is that what Ariel? She could be referencing a lot of a lot of things in my life. I feel like she's she's talking about. I don't about know. The, about she the, says I don't really like Sean Haley. You should talk more. It's not um, correct. Just kidding. Ariel, Ariel, please check back in and say. Just in, uh, you know what? It, can you let me finish reading this? No, wait. Stop. Says, it. Are we also going to be? <laughs> are we also going to be getting regular updates on women's hockey? Oh yeah. The show is great already, and I can't wait to see where it goes with the season. Uh, cheers. Yes, we will do some more regular updates on women's hockey. Um, we'll try to do, you know, we'll try to mix in with some of the NHL player and coach and exec interviews, some some women's interviews as well. I think that's really important with the job that I have, being a national NHL and women's hockey writer, and we'll want to make sure that that's reflective on the show. Um you know, one of the updates we maybe didn't talk about off the top of the show in terms of news was Sammy Joe Small being named the new president of the Toronto Six with the Premier Hockey Federation, the PHF. Um, I did have a great chat with Sammy Joe today, Thursday afternoon. That's that's going to be used in, in a big story that we're working on, um, you know, for the for the National Women's Hockey Vertical. So that's something you can look forward to in the like print medium. Um it wasn't a podcast interview, but definitely we'll we'll have some updates and we'll have some interviews with with women's hockey people as well as NHLers. Because guess what? Sometimes they're way more interesting. <laughs> some, some, sometimes, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, guess Most, what? Ninety five. They don't speak the in cliches, and they actually appreciate media coverage. Lots of love the new show here. Yeah, Haley, this is this is a good one. It's from Donnie H. What's a question you've wanted to ask a player slash coach that was shot down by their PR or your editor? Do you have one of those? Because I, I have a couple. If you have some, go for it. I've got to think. A dumb thing that me and Russo were going to do at the Vegas tour was we were going to have people draft Halloween candies. And we realized early on that, that was just not the vibe. that, that, that <laughs> we were. So like Jeremy Swayman, Jeremy Swayman from the Bruins came out first and he would have been able to be like, oh, like Reese's Cups. It seemed like a funny idea when we were going into it. And then I was like, that's not going to happen. But that, that could the, have been really fun. I it would have been fun, then it was but that just was like just if, not like if the guy who came after you'd be like, you can draft a Halloween candy, but it can't be Reese's cups. Yeah, well, we're gonna oh. like we're gonna seriously gonna like we're gonna print out like a list so people could cross stuff off. And we realized early on that just that was not that would have been really fun. I was just because you could have got some reaction from it guys being like, God damn it. It didn't I really wanted Reese's cups. It didn't match it didn't match the vibe. What's your um, favorite Halloween candy? Wait, I have, I have another answer here. Okay. The other thing, this wasn't really shot down by anybody, but it was something I took shit for, was after, this is when I worked for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, after, I believe it was, no, it had to be their second Stanley Cup when they beat the Predators in 2017. Uh, those guys were, several of them were very obviously like pissed drunk during the, during the uh, parade. Those guys, they started early. It was really funny. Those guys were, were, were having a great time. In Olimata, uh, after the parade, passed out on the roof of his, of his, of his apartment building. Like, passed out on, on the condo. And somebody, cause somebody who was sitting, who, like, lived across the street from him in downtown Pittsburgh, like, took a photo of Ole just kind of, like, sprawled out on, on porch, <laughs> on, like, you know, porch furniture on, on his balcony. He wasn't wearing a shirt. His jersey was just, like, was just, like, laying over there. In the day after that, they or, or a day or two later, they had their breakup day when they packed up all their stuff and went home. Mm-hmm. And I just asked, I asked Oli, like basically, like what, what the hell happened out there, champ? 
<laughs> and there there were other dudes on the beat who I'm not going to name, who I may or may not have worked with at the time, who were livid. They were so, so, Why? so it's mad. Funny. I don't know. They're like, why aren't you asking about his contract status? It got, back to me, it got back to me after the fact that I made, like, Oli didn't, Oli didn't care. He's a, he was it's a, hilarious. He, he they was just a, won the Stanley a, Cup. Lighten up. Mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah, these, are, these are dudes that cover the team, and they were pissed. And that's always that the thing. young Sean coming that, in and making yeah. a mockery of us. Yeah, that young 31-year-old guy coming in and, and you know, well, yeah, is very, very, very obnoxious. And that's always the thing that I think of when you, like, because everyone's a spoil sport in one way or another. Yeah, that's super it's lame. Media, media players, PR execs, but that, but that was self policing by the media. I got, I got, I got dimed out by some, by some. That's dorks. lame. That would have been did, a really funny story. Did, I, I wrote it. An I inside look at Olimata passing out on a rooftop. The, it's great. the, the story that I did was like. What else are you going to talk about? In the it was like it was like an assessment, basically, of their drunken like parade, <laughs> pretty much. Like here's sifting through the fallout. It's like, fun, yeah, and every it's like innocent fun. Who the hell cares? You're cool. allowed to have fun with this shit sometimes. Apparently not. Anyways, uh, Chris E says, as national writers, do you have any trips planned for the season that are particularly exciting? Um, and as for unsolicited travel recommendations, if you're ever in Dallas, I recommend Lockhart mm-hmm. Smokehouse for barbecue and some great coffee shops are Wayward and Peaberry down in Oak Cliff. Okay, so when I was in Dallas, I don't know if I said this last week though, I forget the name of it. There was a coffee shop that I went to every single day when I was in Dallas for the first round of the playoffs. And it had the best matcha latte it was an iced strawberry matcha latte and it was Mm -hmm. delicious i walked about a mile every single day mile there mile back (laughs) to go to this coffee shop to get this strawberry matcha and it was so good and there's a sweet green across the street as well so i'd get my strawberry matcha and i go and get my sweet green and i don't remember the name of this place but it was so good and i bought very and i remember buying it's a, a it's cup. A, it's a uh, coffee place across from a sweet green in Dallas. So if okay, anybody knows that. Up. I'm trying to scroll and find it. Um, It was delicious. And I remember, like, I love buying mugs and stuff when I find coffee shops that I like when I'm on the road. And I bought a mug from this place. And then I broke it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because the water was too hot or I dropped it or something, which was devastating. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any exciting trips coming up? I think I might, no. I might have a couple, but they're unconfirmed at this time. It I was in the main street district. I'm looking at a picture of this coffee shop. Whatever. I'm looking at a picture of the, this is, of the matcha. This is unbearable. <laughs> I don't have any <laughs> trips coming up. I had kind of, I, I went to Vegas a couple weeks ago. Other than that, I don't have anything. Don't have anything set, but I I don't know. I'm might be turning it down. Do some do some work on the Panthers at some point. That could be fun. SG goes to South Florida for for work. I don't think that's ever happened before. Are you still looking this up? This is unbelievable. <laughs> There's a picture of the the. <laughs> I have a picture of the Devin Booker sign out front of the Sweet Green. <laughs> I don't have a picture of the coffee shop. This is so upsetting. 
Wow. Slurms, our buddy Slurms McKenzie, who's a who's a staple from the yeah, from just Tuesday, move on. It's from, fine. From Tuesday, I whatever we got. Somebody has to say something. No, we're while, done while with you, this. I don't look know it up the name while, of it. I'm sorry, everybody. While you're what combing through podcasting. maps of of Metro Dallas. No, I'm looking at my photos. Just whatever. Move on. I'm sorry. If you're ever in Dallas and you're in the Main Street district and you're near a Swede Green, look across the street. <laughs> we need to we need to move on. <laughs> Slurms, Slurms is here. Since we're not allowed to ask about repatriating Austin Matthews, let's hear your best trade scenarios that put Brady in Tampa making the Battle of Florida the Kachuk It was Merritt Coffee in Deep Ellum. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. Say it, say it one more time. Merritt Coffee in Deep Ellum, Dallas. Okay. And it was the strawberry oat milk matcha iced latte. We can't talk about this anymore. This is, we, that, that's enough. Okay, wait, but I just have to say in terms of Dallas barbecue, oh I went to God. Katie Trail Ice House and I had, I'm looking at the receipt right now. I had queso and chips. They were bomb. And then I had a taco plate, which was incredible. And I had an 18 ounce frozen margarita. You're like going out of your way to talk more slowly than you normally do. For, no, for I'm like explaining. You spend as much, as much time on this. I'm explaining very clearly what I had and why it was good if anyone is in Dallas and wants to go do something cool and fun. You're being, whatever. Go back to the Kachuk thing. Slurms wants our best trade scenarios that put Brady Kachuk in Tampa so he can play against Matthew in the Battle of Florida. Brother, I don't think that's happening under, under any under any circumstances here. Not for another six to eight years. I do wonder what a trade like that would look like, though, because you got to. I do you gotta have, think you that that'd have be really term, fun. You got to have long term money going back out. Like if they both didn't sign those eight year contracts, then maybe. But I would. I will say that that is a really great fun thing. Like I'm sick of talking about the Kachucks being on the same team. I want to see. I want to see Matthew back in Calgary and Brady on the Oilers. Or Matthew on the Oilers and Brady in Calgary. Chaos. Or just no. Brady in Tampa. Matthew Kachuk on the Toronto Maple Leafs and Brady Kachuk oh, with no. the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, right. How does this how does this question that Slurms asks <laughs> us affect the Leafs? We should have asked Peter um how the Nathan McKinnon deal affects Austin Matthews contract <laughs> extension. Uh, I don't know. Uh. Peter would be like, uh hmm. I've got to go. Yeah, bye. Doesn't seem like he likes conflict. It would have to. It would have to be. It would have to be Brady Kachuk for Braden Point. I think. Yeah. Or um, Sean, or, somebody asked how much shrimp you ate at Red Lobster. Great question. Uh, I ate five orders of shrimp. They bring you out two to start, uh, and then I, then we we reloaded three times after that. I believe I ate. An entire basket of uh, Cheddar Bay biscuits on my own too, as well, Jesus and two Christ. large and two large beers. And I live to tell the tale. Um, Jesus, Travis says you can't tease the next four teams in the preseason rankings, then bleep them out. Guess what, Travis? We can. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. This is our show. It was really funny. You don't understand how <laughs> funny we found that. 
<laughs> it was Danielle's idea. We were like, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes it a hundred times. Danielle hundred rocks times, and it's hilarious. Better. And I was giggling the entire time I was making it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you just doing the like edits of like. <laughs> well, but I purposely, because also too, because uh, the, the way Sean read him out, he read him pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it, it wouldn't have been as funny to have like one long bleep. So I actually spaced out. Yeah, it's like bleep, 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 yeah. All right. Bleep, okay, bleep, wait. Yeah. Let's get let's get serious. The this weekend we're running the Okay. Perfect. Everybody, everybody. Wow, enjoy. that means the are gonna be really high. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. Is that it? <laughs> is that it? Is that the end of the volume? It's not- I think we're done here. Volume two of the Friday show. I think so. I um I have also got to say I am both thrilled and dis- deeply disappointed in Danielle leaving the three attempts I made <laughs> to exit the great. show last week. Right. <laughs> you will just like do your best here. Get us out of here. We can move on. We can move. I'm take. I believe in you. Let's go. You're everybody, right. Everybody so. stare. Time to say goodbye. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to volume two of the Friday edition of the athletic hockey show. If you're not an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show. Get an annual subscription for $1 a month for the first six months. Once again, I'm Haley Salvian with Sean Gentili. Thank you so much for listening to the Friday show. 